I love this nigga. This is Rabbi Tw- another nigga from Rabbi Twersky. You 
know this one? Israel, you know this one? If God farm over there, whoever needs a safer. Moshe, this is all your father-in-law's, you know, he grew up, you know. Yeah. Okay. Not, not, not trivial melodies at all. These are great we began last, we began on, uh, was it Wednesday? I think we began Perek Bet, Perek uh, Gimel, Slicha, Perek Gimel. So if you can open up and open up the page, uh, Tetzayin, Yedzayin, we're just going to do a brief recap of what we learned last time. And we spoke about the beautiful sensation of, uh, of, of not forcing yourself to be a Yid that's always on fire, but to accept the fact that the entry is moments of kind of like that breather of, and this is what we were speaking about in the women's shir yesterday about tefillah, is that the word atah is the most important word in davening, because it brings the, the, the sense of talking to Hashem, but the shon nocheach, in present tense, like we're in front of you. Like the Chazanish, we were learning a piece from, based on the Chazanish, saying, the goal of davening is that like you're speaking to someone, like a friend talks to each other, like right now we're talking to each other, chad molasheni, but that's a lifetime of work. That's, that's mamash, to be able to... It's a lifetime of work, and it begins not by showing up to shul three times a day, like, you, like I sent out the recording yesterday, and thinking that during those three, three times I come to shul, oh, it'll, you'll plug in that bu- the ata button. It's all day long. It has to be talking to Hashem all day long. Which then makes the davening of the chazal, that Anshe Knesset Akdolav set up for us, that much more real, empowering, and enhanced. But it has to be an Avaidah all day long. A person that learns Achshas Avrechim, and he learns concepts that are called Hitlahavut and Hitrakshut. And then he says to himself, Well, unless I'm Mamash Mitlahev, unless I'm Mamash Mitlahev, I'm not there. We're going to see today that that's Mamash, not the point. But we spoke last time about 
the, a very bad thing that we do is that we think that Gan Eden is only something that's meant for the next world. That's what we spoke about last time, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was last year. Gan Eden, for some reason, is something that we've learned to be something that has no shaykhs to this world at all. So therefore, if you go to shul and it's not fire, you're like, whatever. In the next world, there'll be fire. I'm okay with just getting through it. Because these things are reserved for Yom Shekul Shabbos and Nuchan Chayalim. If I'm learning and I don't feel like a Bayan Rabbah are speaking to me, right? Then it's okay. Then it's because it's not meant to be like that in this world. It's like you could say about marriage too. If it's, if, you know, if I got married and I don't feel that like this is, I'm talking to half of my soul, whatever, in another world when we're completely stripped of any kind of materialism and physicality, that's when we'll feel it. Why? Like, where, does, where did that come from? Where did that notion come from? So, if you look at the end of the middle paragraph on Yud Zion, I just want to pick up from the, because we're going to start from the bottom paragraph, but the end of Yud Zion, the end of the, of the second paragraph says like this, this was a very powerful piece. These were words from the Zohar Kodesh that says that whoever doesn't taste in this world this concept of basically don't think you'll be able to identify what Hitragshut or Hitlavut is in the world to come. Beautiful. You can't taste it in the next world. Now, weiter. The bottom. Bless you. Now let's say you and I, we're davening, we're serving Hashem. My davening and my service of Hashem are not fiery flames of coal. I didn't feel mechila from the chazan this morning that the shachris was kolos ubrokim. <laughs> wasn't my mother Sinai right now? And Emmanuel, was it for you? Cholyot, I don't know. For me, it was it was it was a good davening, but it wasn't like what he's describing here. But what happens to me? But I still want to wake up. I still want to have a little bit of a taste of an excitement. And I don't want to daven with coldness and dryness. I want, I, want to, I want to feel alive. I'm trying this. I'm ready. I'm ready to not just be compromised. I'm ready. It's like amazing. I feel like Yiddish guides to two shlavim in life. Our life until we have a shaila of are we ready to compromise or not? And then that decision... And then the day after. You hear? And that decision happens, <laughs> you revisit it all the time. But there are essential moments in life where it's like, really, a conscious, am I compromising and I'm okay with it? That's one thing. Or am I, conscious, or am I consciously not compromising and then, my, and then my day starts the next day. So we're saying over here, what happens to a person that consciously chooses I'm not compromising anymore on my avodah Hashem and my, my davening. Consciously. I'm consciously choosing to stop compromising. I just want to share a, a deal that Rosh Hashanah would make about compromise. 
is that <coughs> like we're taught that compromise is a good thing in terms of Ben And let's assume that it is. But you, there's a distinction made between compromise we make Ben which at times might be a good thing. Right. Between this kind of compromise, where we should be compromising. Can, can, can. Right, in terms of 100%, if that wasn't clear, yeah. This is about the, uh, ignoring our neshama, and not, not Ben Adam Lachavir. We're speaking about standing in, standing in a shul, standing, in, standing with the Tanaim and the Amoraim, standing with the Tzaddikim, wanting to feel it kashrut. And I, I, I'm, I'm not okay with compromising and davening cold and dry, because I have to just, you know, make sure everyone gets together. And you know what happened? The Rebbe says, and it doesn't work for him. You still made that conscious decision, you're not compromising, and you can't crack through these walls, of, like drywall. You can't crack through it. So the Rebbe says over here something interesting. Don't be an akshan. Rabbi Nachman says this too. Don't be an akshan that it has to go your way. That means, uh, over here, stubborn. Don't be stubborn that it has to be like this, the way that you want to wake up right now. Why? Understand nature of man. He's saying, what's the nature of man? No one here think about Joe Montana right now. No one in here. So the Israelis have no problem because they have no idea what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Or you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, whoever it is, right? Not enough to think about it. Okay, don't think right now about the Alter Rebbe. Don't think about the Alter Rebbe right now. No one in here think about the Alter Rebbe. And, and work on this right now to not be thinking about that. So he says over here, this is the nature of man, is that when you force to, to either not have a bad thought, or if I tell you, I want everyone in here right now to think about Aaron Cohen, right? Whatever, even to think about a good thought, right? He says, it could happen, that usually the opposite happens. It's just the nature of man. Don't freak yourselves out. This is the nature of man. In my last Who was I learning? Who was I learning this from yesterday? About, oh man, who was this? about that, that there was a big tzaddik that he never, ever gave eitzahs of how to conquer bad thoughts. The only thing he always said was, Tilmado Torah, Tilmado Torah. And someone asked him, he's like, what, does that actually abolish the bad thoughts? He's like, no, it just, you know, the bad thoughts are a result of having vacant space in your mind. So you may as well fill that vacant space with holiness, and then you'll actually have, like, holy thoughts. But, but to actually go head on with bad thoughts... It doesn't, there's usually not really a success story. Head on. I saw an answer from the Rebbe yeah. on gems, you know, those, those quick little those. snippets. He said to someone, uh, you can't have two thoughts at the same time, so have another thought ready to just put <laughs> there in place. That's good can't have two, so- two thoughts at the same time. That's good <clears throat> I told you guys once I stood online for a while at a bris to get a bracha from uh, Rav uh, Bigun. You know Rav Bigun? from um, Machon Meir. He was a bris for a friend of mine. And I stood on, he was the Sandek. I stood online for a while and I'm thinking, my God, my head is so, but mamash, ala panim. Before I was married. And uh, no clarity, completely confused. And bad thoughts also. So I prepared this whole thing. I'm going to get a bracha today from him. He's such a gadol, you know. 
And uh, you know, he's done so much for Am Yisrael, Rav Bigun, Mochun Meir, has done so much. Michal, I have a lot of Akkadis Atof, what he did for Rav Nassim Siegel. Uh, whatever. So, I'm waiting online, and I say to him, Ani tzarich bracha liyishu vadas. I need, I'm chalish, I need a bracha for the settling of my mind. And, he, and uh, so I'm thinking, oh, you know, all these different combinations he's going to give me, and... Tilmat Torah. Next. <laughs> of the whole thing. Tilmat Torah. And I looked, I was like, I, I looked at him, Be'emet, he's like, Abba. And it's, it's just, Be'emet, it's true. Like at the end of the day, it's true. It's true. It's what it is. You know? But he says over here that sometimes when you force, when you force to have a good thought, or you try to force an evil thought from escaping you, the Rebbe, the Piyasetz, the Rebbe is saying, bottom, th- third lines from the bottom, Yeshio lelo lahefech, the opposite can happen. Dafka It's that bad thought that's going to start haunting you down. And that good thought he wants to grab onto, he can't grab onto it. Or you want to hold on to that good thought for too long and you can't because it slips away, it fades away. And you can't do anything really with it and then it starts to cause the opposite of what it was intended to. That good thought that you had but that you can't hold on to, that kind of slips away, starts causing you confusion. Specifically. Next page, lehit lahev, ulehit ragesh. When dafka, you are consistent, you're insistent. You're trying to be persistent and stubborn that this shift should happen to you during davening. And I want to feel it. I have to feel it. Al pirov dafka, most of the time, libo mitamtem. Now, mitamtem doesn't, hear, doesn't mean here stupid. It means from the Lashon of atum. Your heart closes up. So much so, your heart will make close while you're in davening, trying to feel it, that it's going to cause you to doubt what you were experiencing before davening, where there was a longing to daven. Was that even real? Fourth line, And now that I came close, it's like I took a step forward and now anything that was lit in me, kava, um, extinguished. It was extinguished. I'm not even sure I have a heart anymore. By the way, we, we learned this this year as we were approaching Rabbi Nachman's Sion and Uman, a whole piece from Rav Erez Moshe Doron, remember that, about why is it that the hardest time to feel connected is after you've done the whole journey, paid all the money, did all the hachanas, went to the mikvah, then you go to that Sion to try to feel something, and you're, you, can't even, you can't even detect if you have a heart anymore. <laughs> why is it? How could, how could that be? It's a whole mahalach in that shir, how it could be that dafka, those moments are the hardest ones. But let's take it on a level that we're all accustomed to. I woke up in the morning, had a big good because of shachar, maybe even went to the mikvah. <laughs> Bless you. I don't know, uh, everything was more or less peaceful at home, whatever. I was excited, this is my life, this is what I'm doing. 
And then I get the shul, and I, I'm not, now I'm not blaming it on other people. It's not like people are talking, whatever. I'm saying me, my own Indian. I don't know how to do it. How could it be? So I have to remember that very much so. I have to remember that. That's true about anything when it comes to, like the Alter Rebbe says, based on the Zara Kodesh. You know, whenever, when whenever there's going to be something, a potential for Kedusha, just be prepared that there's going to be a potential for the exact opposite. But that's a simon that what you're doing is actually important. The, the fear the Rebbe is saying is that don't forget that because you can start to doubt your sincerity, because you say, if I was really real, then what would happen right now? I would feel the whole thing. I'd be on fire. Ah, I'm not feeling it. What does that, what does that say about myself, Bichlal? What does that say about my whole hachana before preparation? It's all dimyonas. It's all, it was all uh, just your imagination. It's not real. It's nothing. Imagine a person in marriage, like, it's trying hard to feel something. Different shlav in life, it's not feeling it. So he'll go back and he'll say, let me, let me look at my wedding album. Pff, fake, fake, fake. That's all fake too. Why? Because if that was real, I'd be feeling it right now too. It's such a, it's such a begam in the, in the shorish, in the root of how we understand our emotions. And the Rebbe is calling this out. And he's saying, you, you know, avreichim. He's not saying buffering here. That's Chovas HaTalmidim. This book is already for the Ki'ilu person that's a bit more developed. His faculties are a bit more advanced emotionally, right? A bit more than the kid. Let's finish the paragraph. Aval al tefached bachur shoyef el Hashem. But don't be scared, young man who's shoyef, who aspires to be close to Hashem. Don't be frightened. Don't, don't let this freak you out. Why? You're a human being. You know, he's, he's addressing people that learn a little bit of Hasidus. They hear that Nachman used to stop chewing his food. When he's six, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 41. How could it be that I'm still enjoying my chicken? It's like, listen. To... Stop. That's not the point of learning these stories about the tzaddikim. It can mess you up so bad. We've all been there. It can mess you. Reb Shlomo gave away all his money. He didn't have a, they couldn't even bury him. There's a basket they passed around at his own funeral so that people would put money in the basket so he could be buried. And me, I'm trying to make the extra buck. These are, that, that, he's saying over here, Yes, there'll always be stories about people that reach these like subhuman bemet. It's like it's not so humane to make like five thousand dollars and then a, a schlepper comes to you and and says, "Oh, I don't have food," and he, and you don't even look at your pocket and you give the person the, that happened all the time. But those aren't ways that I can say I can't measure myself based on that and being like, if I still actually am trying to make another dollar, so there's something blemished inside of me. And what I love so much about the Piyasetzner, he's bringing us, he always brings us here to, to work with where we're at now. And not saying the goal is to be a malach, that's like that. He's saying, let's, let's see what it is. This is teva adam, this is the nature of person. Kachu teva aish, im lo shonot. You gotta learn tricks. You got to learn, I don't like the word tricks, but it, 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 that really is what he's saying here. He's like, since this is the nature of man, you got to figure out some kind of a tachbula. 
What's a better word for tachbula? Huh? A hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah hacks. Like do, do, you know, do you know the word that he uses in there? You wouldn't know. Do you mind if I just take a quick look? I'll find it really fast because I want to see how he... How, how he strategies. Strategies, strategies, thank you. Well, strategy. Strategy, beseder. Yeah, we do that with Satan uh, all the time. What's that? Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah basically is one... It's true. I once learned, read a whole shir, learned a whole shir about... Basically, Rosh Hashanah is the day of mastering hacks. That's all... And, and Chazal, that's how they set it up. The way with the tkiyas work, the way... It's really through the chauffeur. It's a master hack day. That's all it is. Why? Because he's right there on everything, full on. Usually we relate to hacks as like cop-outs. I'm going to hack a system. But he's, he uses this word also, tachbulot. He used it throughout B'nai Machshavatova as well, if I remember correctly. Yes, Yaakov. I'm trying to understand. I'm having a hard time understanding this. Only you, by the way, because... Sure. All of us understand this completely. So it's Chaval, you're preparing for the moment, but live in the moment. Is that what he's trying to tell us? He hasn't told us, and he hasn't he hasn't told us what to do yet. Okay. He's told us just don't freak out. That's all he said so far. So far in this parak, we haven't learned any of the hows yet. I mean, at the end here, he throws this word. You got to figure out some strategies. You got to figure out. You got to call Brenner and hack your computer or something, you know. <laughs> but but he hasn't he hasn't yet said the how. But I think before the how, this is just as important, because this can happen to us quite often, quite often. I mean, in the yeshiva world, you see this all the time. I was at an event once Shabbos, and I saw all these faces that I I'm trying to understand. How do I? You look so familiar, but you you look different. And it's because it was a bunch of Bali Tshuva that I once knew when they were in the, you know, what we call the, the you know, the beginning of the gefilte, <coughs> the, the gefilte fish handshake. This guy? Huh? Oh, What's the, that? The violin. He was one of them. But I saw, he, but he's not the example of this. He's actually a, a good example. But others that I saw at a certain point in life, I'm like, I, I know you, but I don't know you. Why? Because they freaked out at a certain point in the beginning of their entry that it's not working like the way I'm, I was under the impression it's supposed to work. I'm not feeling it the way that I was under the impression that that's what real Yiddishkeit is. al Now, the, it's amazing. He's very sounding very much like Rabbi Nachman here with the word, you know, en yeush ba'olam klal. Here he's... he's basically bringing it down to the nature of man. He's saying, listen, I, I know you want this, but understand something. If you're going to force yourself when it's not working, then the satan is ecstatic. The other side is ecstatic. He's like, we got this guy good. Ruch Hashem, this worked. You want to say something, Jerry? No, you okay? So this, this is very important. This is a very, very important thing to do. The only problem is, is that... That's why we used the word compromise before. Sometimes a person can get to this place and be like, listen, I heard for the PSS Nerebi, I shouldn't freak out if I'm not feeling it. Maybe that should be the, statement, the, the mission statement of the rest of my life. Just chill. It's okay. And on the bottom, PSS Nerebi, right? He says a lot of other things too. <laughs> About strategies, hacks, and how, how, how you can advance. This is just Shlav Aleph. This is just the beginning. But it's still important for this building that he's trying to do for us. Meaning the cop-out says, 
the cop out voice says, listen, God doesn't want me to suffer and be so, so judgmental about myself. Always. So therefore, I, I'm never going to freak out about ever not feeling anything. Because that's not what God wants. That's true for the first like, day that this happens, maybe. Or the second day that it, that it happens. But he's the master of, of coming up with hacks. And that's what we have to figure out. And I think it's also as long as you continue to try to get closer to Hashem. Lord, you can't just stay in your life and say, yeah, I'm good, you know, everything's good. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Okay. Yaakov, like that, that's important. Like he's not saying how yet, he's just, but he's saying, he's saying how to prepare yourself, yeah. Or, or what to do when you find yourself in this situation. Okay? Okay. Avoda ha-pshuta asher la-ish b'sha'ash shovedet Hashem Let's go to basics again. Simple avodas Hashem. While I'm serving God, I go to shul. I'm learning. Simple thoughts. What is that? I'm an Eved Hashem. Ani avdecha ben amatecha pitachta namoserai. Ve'atorah tefilah u'mitzvot shani oved ba'enes Hashem chelkei elokis hen. So the, the, the pieces... You know, the Torah and the tefillah that I'm in, and the mitzvahs that I'm engaging them with, with Hashem, these are godly, uh, I don't know what you want to, godly particles, or I don't know, however you want to call it. These are godly parts of something I'm engaged with. It's not just by the seichel and the, you know, the intellect that I'm looking into the Torah alone that I'm clinging to God when I find out and discover based on my intellectual capacity to figure out what his ratzon is. I have to be a little bit consciousness that I'm getting connected to Hashem whether I feel it or not while I'm doing a mitzvah. That's very important. I'm saying words that are coming from a very exalted place. The Torah, I'm learning the, the davening, I'm saying these are coming from very high places. He's, he's saying this is like a strategy for just simplicity. God and the myriads of His holiness, right, and His malachim are passing through me. Hmm. All I have to do is attach myself to what's already expiring, what's, what's basically like coming through me by the, by the, by the master that I'm doing. This is, a, this is a very, I mean, this is me, it's basically meditation, what he's explaining to us. He's saying, look, <clears throat> this is what you're doing. You're saying words, very holy words. You're inviting within you, you're inviting a lot of Kedusha into your consciousness, into your being. You're inviting holy words. You're saying them, they're coming through you. All you have to do is try to leech, like, kind of like leap on to a few of the words that are mimela coming out of you. Isn't that Rav Kook in the beginning of Avodah Torah? Okay. That's the Akdama of Rav Kook's Perish on the Tefillah. We, we learned it last year with the women. It was unbelievable. Mamash, that, that series of just the Akdama of Rav Kook on Olas Riyah, which is his Siddur, it, it, it was, it was trans, but it's, you need patience. 
That, that's the word here. You mamish need patience. Uchshiyamin, we're going to talk about this in a second. Uchshiyamin v'yichaven zot be'emunah pshuta u'machshava chazaka. Az gam nizei kabel chiyut. If you just believe, and you have a little bit of simple emuna, but a strong thought that this is what you want, the PSS says, chiyus is going to start to take place. Feeling it is going to start to take place. ובספר הקדוש הניסקה לאל לשבס שובה איתה, מה שאיש ישראל עושה צריך להרגיש בזה חיות וטעם לזמן מלובה, ואפילו הוא רק קשור לעול וחמור למסע, גם זאת יערב לו במה שזוכה לעשות רצון קונו, קשור לעול וכחמור למסע. He's saying an amazing thing. He's saying, even if right now you feel the heaviness of it, there's got to be a way that you feel so happy that this is what feels heavy and not other loads of shtuyot that you carry on your back that make you feel heavy. <coughs> That's also a tachbula. Why is that a trick? So listen, a lot of times Yiddishkeit feels heavy and a, th- a thought comes in and says to us, this is not supposed to feel heavy. It's supposed to feel easy. It's supposed to be light. Do you ever have that voice? It says, this is, shouldn't feel so heavy. This should be easy. If it's God, if it's light, it should feel all good and happy. It shouldn't feel heavy. You, no one ever had that thought besides me? Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so he's saying over here, but in the pneumious of things, if you can then talk to that voice and say like, uh, okay, maybe it feels so heavy and everything right now, but I'm so glad that this is the stuff that feels heavy in my life. And not the burdens of shtuyot that I usually cons- that usually consume me that make me feel so heavy in life. Like speak to it. Don't ignore that feeling. Call it out. Chakeh. Have patience. Call it out. He says, Gam zot lo. Eventually, it'll feel sweet for you that you're the chamor that upon you is ca- carrying such a big load. You're going to be so happy. It'll make you feel so good at a certain point. And when you actually have a tainug that this is what you've chosen to fill your life with, which at times can feel intense and can feel overwhelming, then you'll start to feel the actual taste of what you're doing, something that in the beginning felt so heavy, you're going to start to taste the privilege of it feeling heavy for you. I'm wondering who he's referring to here. Was the base Aaron the last Makor? Yeah. So yes. Someone sent me right before davening. I was driving here. A funny thing. You guys know Elon Gold? Yes. Yeah? You saw that. Yeah. It was so funny because it was so funny because but I was thinking about this right now. Did anyone? <laughs> it's a very funny skit. This guy Elon Gold. He's a really nice guy. He has this little thing. I don't know when this was put out, but it probably now, about like, he was so happy that the tree, Kratzmach tree, is not part of our minhag. Why? Can you imagine if it was part of our minhag, how many shilas and tshuvas there be on the tree itself? Who can cut it? What kavana do you have to have when you cut it? What machshavas do you have when you bring it into the house, out of the house, lifting it on, the Gemar Mitzvah with mounting it into the floor. <laughs> but then, you know, honestly, when I, when I, was, when I, was, uh, when I was watching this, 
So I, I got a little bit sad, not because I thought he was doing anything wrong, chas v'shalom, because on the outside of things, a lot of halachas do look like this. Like, look at the, look at the non-Jews. What do they have to do? They take a Christmas tree and they put it on the, they bring it into the house. Gamaynu, it's the whole Indian. By us, Shloshim Yom Koide Machag, right? 30 days before our, our holiday with Neiros Hanukkah, for instance. So I'm going back and forth, Beit Shalem, Beit and all the different Hilchas, Shmanim and Psilos and everything, and, you know, the Mezuzah, Hanukkah, Pesach Abayis. Just put the, you know, just light the candles, right? That's the part of us is saying, just light the, it's not supposed to feel like this. Just light the candle, right? It's not supposed to be like this. It's just Chazal got all, got all, uh, I don't know, nervous, I don't know, whatever it is. But he's saying, what I think he's saying over here is that if you can just acknowledge that, yeah, right now it doesn't feel so light and beautiful, and it feels heavy. I was under the impression that Yiddishkeit was going to feel magic and gold and beautiful and always on. You know, I didn't grow up without Yiddishkeit, so I don't know what it was like for some of you those first few weeks in Asia Torah. I don't know, wherever you were, right? And then when did it happen when you realize it, you know, the thrill is gone, right? <laughs> you hear him, you know, you hear B.B. King in the back over there, like, the well, thrill is gone. He's saying over here, when that moment happens, speak to it, like, yalla, call it out for what it is. And then say, wow, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that this is what I'm consumed with. And then when you, when you bring that in, he's saying eventually the time is start, it's, that itself is going to start to taste sweet. So, so if, if I understand what, he, what, what, the, what the Rebbe is saying is that there's a mechanism. And so, yeah. so the mechanism is, he says, look, if you focus on your emotion or you lack your emotion, then... You might be in a difficult place. Yeah. And I, I was just thinking, whatever, sometimes I feel sad. So so because I'm like involved with this world, I ask myself, well, what are the thoughts that are creating this sadness? Because that's the world I live in, that my thoughts create my emotions. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it sounds like he's living in, in a very similar world where whereas emotions are very hard to, 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 to get a grasp on. But I can ask myself, well, what are the thoughts... And like Hesh was saying, is that I can't. It, it's not. That, it's a lot easier to change a thought. So when I focus on what are the thoughts that create this emotion, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like it's like a hack. Absolutely a hack. But what prevents a person from from engaging in what you're describing? Tabula. Huh? No, 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 I just repeated. Tabula. Tabula. Yeah. What 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 prevents a person from beginning what you just describing? Uh-huh. What is emotion, that? Huh? Depression. What do you mean? Emotion. Oh, what is... Oh. Depre- Choliot. Yeah. It doesn't believe it can work. Yeah. I'm a cynic. Confidence? I'm a cynic. Yeah. Or confidence, yeah. But these are good things to, to point out. But the, it, the, that word, like the cynicism, is... Mamish pre- infiltrated kimat all of, all of Yiddishkeit. You know, I'm a cynic to he went to yeshiva, and, and another friend said, "Listen, I don't know if I want to go to yeshiva because in yeshiva they might, uh, they might brainwash me." So the first friend said, "Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be so terrible if someone washed my brain." <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying yeah. that um, because of all the procedures that we have, that we lose the stam excitement of the 
he's saying that 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 is the teva of person. That's not just it happens to be by us by Yiddishkeit by Yidin. You might it, it'll it'll definitely happen the more you learn Torah, because the more you learn, the more you realize there's all these frames for all these different things that are just supposed to give me light. I just want to come to Shul and feel be high, right? right? <laughs> but I just want to come and be high. So that huh? you forget to enjoy the actual all the time, all the time. That's because I don't believe in. At a certain point, I'm like, is this even enjoyable? I see that guy. He's fine. He's eating his Shabbos brownies. He prepared before Shabbos. He's not over anything. He's flying high, sitting back. Yom Shekulo Shabbos Lumenucha I'm sitting. I'm getting up. I don't know what time and who's right. You know, who's Bemet, who, who's getting it right? This is going to happen to you. And it's actually a good simon. I don't even think he's saying something bad is happening to you. I think he's saying this is actually a very good and healthy simon that you're, in a, that you're committed to a relationship with God. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One more time. I'm trying to get this right. When we do mitzvahs and we're studying Torah, our neshama is our neshama itself is connected to Hashem, and there's joy within our neshama. What the the Rebbe the Rebbe is trying to tell us to do is what procedures can I follow in order to have that feeling from our neshama come out into our consciousness? Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> so, so okay, so that's, okay. The, that's the concept. That that's the concept of this whole sefer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he's just highlighting it right now. It's very, very good what you say. What I said is that when we are davening or we're doing anything, mitzvahs, etc., our neshama is connected to Hashem. Oh, no, I have to make a diuk. Our neshama is always connected to Hashem. Okay, but even more so when we're... It's dafka in moments where I'm engaging in Torah and tefillah where the access is possible. And therefore, when I don't feel it, when I could feel it, that's what leads me to all these bad thoughts. But the proce- we're going to learn about the procedures in order to take that feeling from our neshama to make it into our consciousness. It's, a, it's, it's basically answering the question of like, I'm going to consciously choose to turn on a button. And even though the way that we're, we're, we usually understand that terminology, that seems like a letdown because we just want to feel it, right? And, and if I have to turn on a button, that means it's like a... It's kilo not as special, and it's that's not the case at all. It's the most special thing in the world. Well, we turn on that button on Shabbos. Then. I wish we did. I wish we did. I wish we did. I wish we did. I wish. Levi, I wish we did. Jerry, I feel like you were trying to say it to me like three times. <laughs> Sorry. And every time it was either a cough or just a. No, no, no. I was going to say, Chalim was telling me yesterday in your share that you were talking about Mordechai and saying that Hakadosh Baruch Hu believes in us and if, when we get up in the morning we say like if Hashem didn't believe in us we wouldn't be getting up in the morning and I just feel like that would give us a huge kayak of like it's hard it's drowsome but like it's so reassuring and so let's just a breath of fresh air you believe in me and, and you that was that, that was the point the show, like, just like, like having that feeling of Hashem you believe in me is in that sh- in that context it was stressing, based on what he was saying, Rabbi Rav Schwartz, what the Bavavi is saying is that a person has to verbalize that. You ha- we, we, we're in an era where we have to add on to our Mode'ani. <clears throat> Essentially, Mode'ani was supposed to fulfill that. 
what you just described. Problem is, what did it become? Exactly. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it, it's, it's like, I wake up, I'm Yaitzeh. So essentially, that is the real, if, I, by the way, I tried it this morning. So I was like, oh, you think, I told the Chavra yesterday, I was like, you think I'm just like, you know, I'm telling you what I do every day? I want to do, I want to do this every day. So this morning, I'm telling you, I got up, and uh, I got up like probably like the fourth time I got up, because of my, my children, Baruch Hashem. I was like, okay. I said, my, and I, I said, you know, I washed my hands, I said, my daani. I was like, I caught myself saying my daani. Right? So a, a guy that's not from looks at me saying, what do you want from yourself? You're doing the right thing. And then at a certain point, the from guy says, the right thing ain't cutting it for me anymore. That's the, I'd rather, I, I honestly sometimes feel like I'd rather not feel good about just doing the right thing. And then I started saying, verbalizing, saying, well, since you woke me up, it must mean that you believe in me that I can give you nachas today. And I said that. The woman's here. I can't explain to you this what what the the shift was exactly this morning. It's not like it was a fire morning and my kids. I don't know. It just it just bless you. It just it just changed it. And and that's and that's a trick. That's a hack. If that, that if that's not a hack, I don't know what a hack is. You know that that's definitely a tachbula. That's a trick, but. We have to keep on finding these moments throughout the day. It's not enough just in the morning to do that. You have to, but we were learning the shir yesterday is that everything goes after the beginning. So if your day starts like that, then the potential for have a revisiting of those moments throughout the day is much greater. But there's a lot, there's a lot to discuss in this. There's a lot to, we're going to pause here today. There's a lot to discuss and we'll continue here Bezrat Hashem on Wednesday. Okay? Yeshekoyach, everyone. Oh, I'm going to see you.